0: This one is batted into the air and picked off. Todd Davis leaps to the touchdown. Here's a little toss to Sanders, gonna throw it. Diving catch for the touchdown to Sutton. Blitz coming, pass is picked off. Harris, Chris Harris got a lane to the end zone. For the touchdown. Keenan with all kinds of time. Airs it out all alone is Sanders. He will walk into the end zone with a flip at the end of it.
2: Very rarely do you see a game that from the very first kickoff, it's over. Right off the bat, the Denver Broncos dominant 45-10 win over the Arizona Cardinals. At the farm. Send the entire Cardinals team to the farm. Uh, kiss them goodbye because it's all over for an organization that is heading toward a complete rebuild if they don't realize it yet. And I think they might. Dan Hans is here along with the Sizzler. Mark Sessler about to get to all uh, the week seven games to come on, on Sunday and Monday, but let's start. And we won't linger on this game because, Mark, this was as one-sided as a game gets this season.
1: When you look at the best players in the league and they promise you days ahead of time what is going to happen in a game – It puts a lot of pressure on them. Von Miller said, we're going to come out on the road and kick this Cardinals team's ass. And Von Miller generated two fumbles. It could have been three. And played in one of the best games I've ever seen him play in his entire career. And you're absolutely right. From the very beginning, with the first pick six that came less than a minute into this game by Todd Davis, 20 yards, it was so clear that the Broncos were on a different level than a Cardinals offense that is so lost at sea that they're unwatchable, and you cannot feel anything but bad for Josh Rosen, who I think has a ton of potential but is stuck inside a completely lost scheme. It's, we have no idea if Mike McCoy is going to have a job tomorrow at this time. We did wonder that about Vance Joseph coming in, and the one thing I took away is that this Denver roster played for him very hard.
2: Yeah, this, this is a get-well game. For the Broncos, absolutely. Uh, John Elway called that defense soft heading into this game. They finished a the game with five turnovers and two pick sixes, and I'm and I'm sure all of Elway's cronies it's in the press are going to call John. it Elway Magic uh, and, and say that it was him that motivated the it's team. Whatever. Good John. win against the overmatched Cardinals it's team. Uh, you, John. it's When you watch this game, you it's forget how bad Denver has looked because they look like a Super Bowl team here, and now they get a 10-day rest before they head to Kansas City in Arrowhead, and I'd like to see which version of the Broncos show up in that game. But this is the Denver defense we'd waited all season for, Mark. They showed up. Do you think this is a, a sign of this team ready to make a move, or more of the Cardinals are that bad?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like you and I and nine other people in our building could potentially put together a defense that might be able to stop the Cardinals' offense, uh, potentially. But Denver did everything right tonight. And it was also, you look at a guy like Philip Lindsay who had had a couple quiet weeks Absolutely stunning performance by him. I thought the Broncos, it was like if, they, if they're a bad team, they could have gotten up early and found a way to let Arizona back in. They absolutely did not do that. There was no moment in this game where you thought anything but the result was going to be secure for Denver. And they're 3-4. and four. You do have the Chiefs up next, and so the advanced Joseph questions may linger. Uh, You know, after that game, we'll find out. But this was the Broncos team that I think Chris Wessling fell in love with for two weeks before they turned into such a nightmare for four.
2: And you mentioned Von Miller with the quote that we're going to kick their ass, and they did. Steve Wilks also threw out a quote that I'm sure he, he wishes he didn't earlier this week. He said his job and everybody's job associated with the Cardinals is going to be in trouble if we don't show up on Thursday night. And they did not show up on Thursday night. So then what? What the kind of messages does that send uh, to your team? I hated that Wilkes said that, and it blew up in his face. He just has, and I, you don't root for this, Steve Wilkes has that one-and-done look to him, one of the coaches that don't make it past the first year. And it might not all be his fault because you get the idea that ownership in Arizona, especially after Steve Comes Steve tremendously embarrassing DUI incident, and then this bomb of a season, which heads looks has 13, 3 and 13 written all over it, that they might just blow it up and do the move that you see a lot that's popular in football right now is get rid of the defensive coach. you got a young stud quarterback. Go find the hot shot offensive coordinator and start over. That feels like that's where we're heading.
1: Yeah, because uh, you know, in Wilkes, everyone talks about it. Troy Aikman, they love the guy. That he's one of the better guys in the game. But that said, I mean, the, the Cardinals are the most disorganized team in football. Football right now and he's a defensive coach and the defense is a disaster right now as well so what are you pointing to i think you're right you have josh rosen this can't continue you can't you have to show the team if the, if, they're, if they're this bad we'll make changes as well and to me i mean they looked like completely two different football teams tonight
2: and my last thought uh mr Sessler, uh is it's really tough seeing larry fitzgerald getting hospital balls thrown his way in the fourth quarter of a 42-10 game. David Johnson averaging three yards a carry. Patrick Peterson uh, getting toasted. Uh, clearly maybe not the same motivation level, stuck on one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, trade all these guys. And I include Larry Fitz in that mix. This, this Arizona team, complete rebuild is necessary, and you have some really tradable pieces. Nobody ever gets traded. The deadline's at the end of this month. Wouldn't it make sense if some of these guys are playing elsewhere? Especially if they're open to
1: it. And someone like Larry Fitzgerald, who just, you know, you could see it in his eyes tonight – if he has a chance to go somewhere, get into the playoffs, and have one more shot at a Super Bowl, why would he not want that potentially? I get the legacy in Arizona, but right now the Cardinals are not just bad. They're even worse. They're boring. Right. They're it, boring, and it's a tough way to watch Fitzgerald go out.
2: And it wouldn't change his legacy. He'll always be a Cardinal. Absolutely. but Maybe if he could chase a title on the way out the door, that'd be great. Anyway. Just
1: like we'll always be NFL.com employees. employees. Always.
2: If we're lucky. This is the ceiling, Mark. This is it. This is it. <laughs> 45-10, Broncos roll. Now to the rest of Week 7, preview time. The Around the NFL
0: Podcast. Doesn't pay me sh- for this.
2: <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan.
1: Matt Money Smith has income, five different streams of income that we know of, and probably five others that we don't know of. Does he really need us to chip in what would be probably $25 a week for, for I love that? I this theory that he has 10
2: streams of income.
3: I, for one, think his, worth, his work is worth more than $25 a week.
1: That's all we could afford, though, because <laughs> yeah. no one's paying us to do. What this if we either? start
2: like a little Venmo? Uh, just like the that. four of us, maybe we chip in like five bucks a month or... A month. Something like that. I mean, we're all on budgets. Uh we don't get the big boy money. Uh <laughs> and then uh I feel like it, if anything it will be like a kind of a acknowledgement more than real income.
4: Yeah, it's it's the thought that
2: counts. Yeah. All right. Good plan. Send
3: him like a beer of the month thing.
2: He hasn't complained One beer. Yeah. <laughs> One beer. But <Money> <laughs> he has not complained formally about this. So that coming through in the, the open, problematic, a little worrisome. Uh but until it's actually something that's behind the scenes, I'm not gonna worry about it yet. Good strategy. You just heard at the top of the show, uh, Sessler and I talking a little Broncos Cardinals. Uh, but that's not all we're going to talk about on today's show. We have a lot to get to. Can't, th- can't believe Elway fired Vance Joseph right after the game, you know? <laughs> <laughs> on the field. He got interviewed <laughs> after the game and he said, Ea gone. No, no, no. Missed opportunity there. I fired.
1: <laughs> I do like that we always assume that we're going to make it to whatever we're supposed to do tonight. What if something were to happen to one of us or both of us?
2: Well, today is Sean. Very
1: presumptive. That
4: would be the
2: least of our problems is fixing the podcast. Sean Sullivan, Sully. It's his last day here at NFL Media, which we're very upset about. Uh, (laughs) His going away party is tonight. So here's another little, you know, peel back the curtain. So we're recording this preview podcast. Then there's about a six-hour window before Mark and I convene to record the top of the show. Daddy's going to have a couple pops, okay? Daddy's gonna be at the local tavern celebrating Sean Sullivan. Wait, you're you're the daddy, right? Always, okay, (laughs) son.
1: This daddy will be here working the game. So I will, if you if you feel in a weird place, yeah, I will do what I can to carry the segment. People have already listened to. You're not gonna come in between, Mark. You're not gonna watch it at
2: the bar.
1: No, I'll be uh, writing a totally listless game review for NFL.com, then going after. (laughs)
2: I mean, if it's going to be totally listless, why not just go to the bar? I've already
1: told them that it's going to be one of the worst What We Learns they've ever read. <laughs>
2: um, okay, so that I'm sure this is going to be a good seg that you already heard. Uh, but for what we're about to do, we're going to spin through the rest of the NFL in week seven. Wow, we're already here. Week seven, uh, we are flying. Uh, four teams on by this week. The Packers, the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Seahawks. Uh, but so much to get to, and uh, why don't we do it? Let's, let's get to it. Let's, uh, you know, anybody buy the lotto ticket, by the way? $900 million. First I've heard of it. <laughs> Mega yeah, million jackpot. I'd not heard of this.
4: They've always got some sort of lottery thing going.
3: Oh, is that why I had to wait in line for an hour at like 7-Eleven the other day? Yes. Wow. Absolutely.
4: To get your 7-Eleven fruit punch that you were drinking
3: yesterday? Never drinking that again.
2: One of the worst investments anyone's ever made is yeah. before Wednesday show. I looked to Wes's left, and he has a 7-Eleven fruit punch. <laughs> and even the color was visibly <laughs> right. off. Just like sh- you don't, you don't do that. Well. What did
1: it advertise? as it, is its primary selling point? <laughs> Made
3: with real sugar.
4: <laughs> I like, like I checked the ingredients for Wes, and like the fourth ingredient down was actually
2: cancer.
3: Yeah, it's,
4: I was like, I was like, he, <laughs> the end's full. Get some cancer. Don't need to go down that road again.
2: Well, no, Wes already had cancer, so you, you can't. <laughs> it's like chickenpox, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's fine. It's chickenpox. Okay. Basically, I have <laughs> well, as much knowledge as uh, of cancer as Greg does of the legal system after the <laughs> Judge Edo thing from yesterday. <laughs> Some people weren't upset with Judge Ito based on the. Uh, Just
4: saying, he the, steered it in a, the final deliberation. and he, he was fair to OJ.
2: <laughs> fair man. <laughs> that's I don't even know if you know that's true. He was he was he lost control of the court. Really, it was a. a that was that was a, a, that was a, a distinctive
1: takeaway yeah. about mm. about that judge
4: that judge work.
2: They needed somebody to keep it from becoming a circus, and uh, Lance didn't get it done. <laughs> Well, Ito Smith is, you know, <laughs> should be ashamed. All right, let's get to the games. Uh, let's start in London. Got a little hey London. T- <laughs> oh, you got a little London. Got a little London music for us. A little. Uh, yeah, definitely. Their equivalent of the Star-Spangled Banner. Ooh, that would be a controversy if everyone got down on one knee during. Uh, Ooh, I the like The England that. national anthem. Little, it would be a little
1: confusing. Very confusing. I mean, it's sort of assumed that we don't b- buy into their anthem based on the history of our country, but.
2: Um, all right. Here we go. The Tennessee Titans coming off a distressing shutout loss to the Ravens. And all the heroes that were behind the Titans got a little quiet recently. And the Titans fans <laughs> themselves, I haven't heard much from you guys in the mentions. You're 3-3, three and three, and now you got to go to London to face the Chargers, playing their balls off right now. Doing a nice job, the Bolts. They're 4-2. and two. Uh, they went to Cleveland, a place where it had been tough to play this season, and they didn't make it look tough at all. Beat up on the Browns. So here we go, Mark Sessler, uh, Mariota and the Titans. There's there's nowhere to go but up after getting sacked 11 or 12 times. You like their chances this week in, uh, in London?
1: In that category potentially, but I I, I do not. And these, these poor London fans who have been forced to watch a lot of bad games in London where the average margin of victory has been 26.2 points uh, over the last five games there. And I don't know if this will be the week that that gets corrected entirely. The Titans defense, I think, has to essentially, and they've been good, play a perfect game to have a chance to win this one because their offense has been unwatchable. And if you go back and watch that Chargers-Browns game, you said it, Dan, you're absolutely right, Cleveland, who's been edgy throughout the season, got beat up by the Chargers thoroughly. And it's not just their offense, which is getting a career year from Phillip Rivers and has the best backfield duo in the league right now. Their defense is improving by the week.
4: Well, they're one of the most creative and effective teams blitzing in the league, largely because of Derwin James. But Gus Bradley mixes it up a lot more than... Yeah, you know, the the Seahawks used to. It's quite a different, you know, type of attack. And then you think about the Titans, who is worse right now at handling pressure than the Titans? They had no clue what Baltimore was sending at them. So that that's a matchup if you're Mariota or even just blocking one-on-one they're struggling, but especially blitzes. You have to think Bradley saw that tape and they're going to be sending
3: the house at the Titans to to see if they can handle it. Why not? What's what's the downside to sending the house? Who's going to burn you on this Titans offense? Nobody in, respects in theory, the Corey
4: team. Davis, I don't know, in, Taewon Taylor, Marcus Mariota, we're just giving up forever. They can't I, run the ball very they well. They can
3: run the ball. And Matt LaFleur, who I praised early in the year for coaching well around some injuries, he's supposed to be from the Shanahan McVay school. Those guys have the best running games in the league. And LaFleur's got nothing, like like where's this ground attack I mean there not is the I,
4: personnel. I I have not made a worse take on this show I don't think this season than believing that that Titans win over the Eagles was somehow <laughs> the most momentous you know like life-changing win of the season for any team cuz they've gone completely in the tank after that to the point where you're right like Mike Malarkey got a lot of grief for the la- for about 3 years in Tennessee and they're worse right now than they ever were with Malarkey the one thing they did in
1: that Eagles game was they got to Carson Wentz they put pressure Right up the middle, and can you do that against the Chargers? I mean, I don't know. The Chargers, to me, have so many different weapons, and look, and they just they they can kill you through the air on the deep pass, and they also they're the way that they run the ball. Gordon looks phenomenal
4: right now. Wait, they have had injuries at offensive tackle, and usually when that happens to the Chargers, like everything falls apart, you know. But instead, you go to Cleveland, you protect it up well. You got Tyrell Williams, you have. Mike Williams has added a really physical element. They have five receivers on pace for 550 yards, and I think in this matchup, Titans have a good defense, but Malcolm Butler's having a terrible season. I think he's ranked 100th. Oh, on, they picked on him. On right? 110 qualifiers, he's getting picked on week after week. Uh, making a lot of money for right, I guess to stay seated
2: while he's uh, discussing this topic.
4: Mike, Malcolm Butler is one of my favorite all-time NFL players, so I, well, I gotta stay seated for him.
3: As poorly as Crabtree played against Denzel Ward, he owned Malcolm Butler last year. And,
4: and that's happened week after week, and that's the good thing about the Chargers is it doesn't have to be Keenan Allen. It could be Mike Williams. It could be uh, Tyrell Williams. It could be any of those guys. How Mark
2: Sessler? Yes. The designated home team in these London games? Which is the Chargers in this game. 8 and 14 in 22 affairs make it 9 and 14 well tell me why that's the case why have why is the designated home team struggled is there any logic to it
1: i would imagine that from a franchise angle if one of your home games is suddenly like thousands of miles away
4: that there's an element of agitation well, i have a i have a Theory. They're bad teams, they keep sending bad teams. Teams with bad stadium situations, the Rams, mm, the Chargers, I the Titans. It was I the mean, Jaguars that, before they got the good. And the Jaguars have gotten yeah. good, but they've been there every year. So it, the Bucs. And they'll probably teams.
2: try to send a better team to even yeah, it out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like That's a better theory a than my agitation factor. <laughs> Yours didn't seem bad in the moment, then Greg's was real good. Um, gentlemen, um, I, I was aboard this I-don't-like-the-Titans uh, train for – really, for years on this podcast. You've been
3: the conductor. <laughs> I'm really
2: enjoying it. And the one thing I feel like I haven't done enough is lock up against them. So I'm locking up the Chargers this week. I like that. Forget about the Titans. Let's move on. Ooh, the New England Patriots coming up. Back-to-back home games in primetime. Two dubs. They're looking really good at 4-2. and two. Back to being the Pats, and they're scoring a ton of points. And here's a nice test against the Chicago Bears. Uh, and uh, Wes, you would think that this would be a good time uh for New England to go to Chicago because the Bears kind of crashed down to earth last week against Miami, but that, that game ha- smelled like a trap game uh for the Bears, and they got caught sleeping. I imagine the Bears are going to show up with a lot more purpose and resolve, and I like their chances in this game. Do you?
3: Well, I think it depends if Khalil Mack plays or not. Yeah. He's, he's hobbled this week. He hasn't practiced, and it doesn't sound like they're all that optimistic. Ian Rapport said on, on the air
4: today he didn't think it was serious and that they, they do think he'll play. He did struggle last week, though. He played the
3: whole game and, and didn't do anything. Well, I think that the Patriots have decided they got to win with offense now, and that's what you saw last week. I want to know if Mitch Trubisky can hang with Tom Brady in a shootout hmm. because I think the Patriots are going to score points their offense is fixed now. I'm not saying it's the best offense they've ever had there, but I think it's fixed. They're going to score points. And there's no doubt in my mind that Trubisky can hang with with Brady in a shootout the way he's done it the last two weeks, but he could also go in the tank. So, I mean, he has that potential. He's making throws. He hit Taylor Gabriel in stride last week, hit Tariq Cohen in stride last week for big plays. If uh, Jordan Howard doesn't fumble at the goal line, if Trey Burton doesn't get a, a – a pass interference penalty the bears win that game and it's i don't think they lost because Drabisky played poorly no, i
1: think like also if you're new england you can't they cannot rush the passer no team in the league has fewer sacks that gives you a shot if you're chicago i would love to see them try to dial up a trey burton philly special in this
4: game mm. against the patriots why would you not do that <laughs> the, the patriots maybe have an advantage playing andy Reid and Matt Nagy in back-to-back weeks. They certainly got creative. And I think Belichick knows they're not creating any pressure on their own. And they got way more aggressive last week with some blitzes. And they did, you know, make Mahomes make some poor throws by sending a lot at him. So you would think they'd be be prepared for this game. Uh, And I want to see Josh Gordon get – I think their offense is getting there, but then the final step is Gordon and Tom Brady being on the same page because the timing isn't quite there quite yet, but they're – they threw it to him nine times last week. If he becomes a huge factor, then watch out.
1: Brady is throwing 100 more yards per game since Edelman's return. I mean, they f- they have a stockade of weapons in West. Because I know you were not on the Sony Michelle train. Maybe you still aren't. But straight three straight 100
3: yard games. The first Patriots running back to do that since Corey mm-hmm. Dillon. Are you more impressed with him? I am, and there was always a little bit more nuance in my Sony Michelle take. That first game he played, he was oh, absolutely Right back at you, awesome. Sessler. I'm not well, suggesting get, there was. <laughs> I get a lot of this on Twitter. I'm asking his back, opinion because I care. First came back, he was absolutely awful. Since then, he's been very decisive. He's gotten downhill. My specific criticism is he doesn't have the speed to beat people to the edge, and I wondered if that was from the knee surgery. He just didn't look the same as he did at Georgia, but he is looking better. He's he kind. He's,
4: he's turned into their, their LeGarrette blunt. I mean, it's certainly not the body type, but he doesn't play on passing downs. They really don't send him out on routes. He's just kind of a, a straight-ahead hammer with some real explosive.
2: As you... Ooh, straight-ahead hammer with real explosive. I mean, I'm saying
4: he, they haven't I, had an explosive... Is that a, is he that a, has that a, not a,
3: been explosive.
4: Is that an he, Erica Tamposi ad read? I disagree. I think when
2: he gets... Go,
4: when he gets... Go, that's the first five <laughs> yards. He goes. And, and he has like
2: that, that that's one more de- to 50. It's more decisiveness right, than boys. explosion.
3: He's running through big holes, too.
2: As a Patriots hater, I'm not thrilled about this Sony michelle james White tandem. They yeah, seem throw to, in
3: Edelman
1: and Josh Gordon and have, Gronkowski and everyone else.
2: No, all that's fine. But, like, the backfield in particular, it seems really effective. Not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. The Buffalo Bills and their high-flying starter, Derek Anderson, uh, hit the road uh, to face the Colts, uh, who are in a free fall right now. Uh, they have lost four straight. Uh, It is not an Andrew Luck problem. It's a basically an everything else problem and a health problem. But listen, Greg, stop making excuses for the Colts. Win a game. You got the Bills and Derek Anderson in town. Let's get to two and five. Come on. Yeah, you got to win this game. But it's amazing
4: in 2018 that I feel like if you're a a Colts fan, you're like, ah, oh, you know, kind of bad luck we got Derek Anderson. I mean, is there? I don't have any question that Derek Anderson, with virtually no pra- practice, will be a better option than Josh Allen or Nathan Peterman is. Because how
3: can you say he that?
4: He here's why. Because the the Bills have the second worst offense of all, all time through six weeks, according to the Football Outsiders DVOA efficiency, and you can see it when you're watching it. And they've got an okay running game the last few weeks. So that's almost all passing. It's one of the worst passing games, I would say, of the. Century, and I think Derek Anderson will be able to throw a couple passes to Kelvin Benjamin or do something. Let's find better, out. Let's better. find out. Because I'm just Josh, saying he's not going to be the worst.
3: Josh Allen's mobility hides a lot of sins on that offensive line, and this is one of the worst rosters in the league on offense. I don't think you can put it all on the quarterback, and we'll find out how Derek Anderson looks because Nathan Peterman didn't look any better than Josh Allen. The only thing about
1: Pe- I mean, if you if you're he's Derek the right Anderson, matchup. you don't like turn the ball over four times in the game. You're probably Higher than Peterman he's on this. Thirty?
3: List. What is he? 35, 36 years old. And he never moved. Well, he's probably a sloth at this point in his career.
1: What's he been doing while not playing? Right. Do we assume that Derek Anderson's been like a workout warrior, or is he nah. sort of like? I feel like well, he's like mowing his lawn and like just, you know like,
2: drinking beers. When the big sell from uh, Bill's Inc. is. Well, Derek's going to be okay because he worked with the offensive coordinator in 2009. <laughs> what? It's like a different <laughs> league. And, and he's got
4: a great matchup. So <laughs> his, his numbers are almost naturally going to be better just because he's playing the Colts. We'll see about that. Who are who are so banged up. But the Colts do get T.Y. Hilton back. Uh, you've got, you know, Eric Ebron finally, like, self-actualizing. He's, like, fulfilling yeah. the potential. So that's, you know, they have a little. How did he not do that news. in
2: Detroit, by the way? He had the quarterback
4: for it.
3: I think it got in his head. He he was prone to drops, and then after a while, it sounded like the fans up there would give him a hard time. He no was matter. getting
1: critiqued every yeah. week and getting killed on Twitter and probably one of the fresh start people that needed it most.
4: Hey, a professional ball player. Your job is
2: to phase that stuff
4: out. He's still I mean, a human being. Bills have a. I wouldn't, would it be that surprising if the Bills disagree. won, though? I mean, they have, a, they have one of the only maybe – shut-down type of corners right now in Tredavious White, Matt Milano's playing great. I mean, they're, they're one of the better defenses We should in not the be league. surprised. Yeah, every couple surprised weeks they do this. this. They, they should have won it last
2: week. Uh, moving on, the Houston Texans. I'm not going to call them the hottest team in the league because (laughs) three straight wins. (laughs) None of of them really lit the world on fire, but they are on a three-game winning streak, and now they're facing another three-and-three team in the Jaguars who are trying to figure things out right now, uh, Mark, because in their last two games, they've been outscored. Nunes and 14 plus 7 is 21, 40 plus 30, obviously 70. 70 to 21, they've been outscored. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So the defense is struggling. Blake Bortles is struggling. Uh, And here, was asked, you know, how do you get your team out of this funk? Unfortunately, I learned the only way to start playing better is you got to work your ass off. You got to work hard. You got to go back there. You got to coach better. All right. We got to play better. I've got to do a better job because and and that's that's how simple as it is. I mean, it's like that in anything in life. I don't care what it is, whether it's football, whether it's family, whether it's work, whatever it may be. You know, sometimes, hey, you eat something, it, and you go out there and you and and you get your you know get your acting gear. So Doug said they're eating a little s, but they're ready to roll forward. Do you believe it, Mark? He
3: Said more than that. Said a lot.
1: It's uh, going back and looking at that Cowboys game, or so the last two weeks, like you pointed out, they've given up seventy points. So what are you hanging your hat on with defense? And that offensive performance against the Cowboys was so concerning. Dallas has a great defense at this at this point in the season, but they had sixty yards. Into the third quarter on offense, and there were two plays by Bake Bortles through an incredibly awful interception, and also took a sack that moved them out of field goal range at one point. And I don't—I look at this game and say, if you don't get right against the Texans, I don't know what we think about the Jaguars going forward.
3: They have—I don't—they t- have to take the here we go again out of their offense because the defense is going to look at Bortles and look at that offense and these worst-case scenario starts to the games. And
4: they don't play as hard. Well, last week though was the defense. I mean, they could not get off the field. They gave up 24 points on four straight long drives to the Cowboys. And the the, the Jaguars certainly started slow on offense. It was a couple. I mean, of, Dallas like, put them away out. by halftime. They, you knew they, that game was. They over. were giving up pressure, and that is one thing that's. good. I think the Jaguars thought their offensive line was going to be a lot better this year. They've lost a couple left tackles. They gave a lot of money who, to Andrew Norwell, who blew a block uh, on the second drive of that game, actually, to give up a sack that that killed that drive. They're struggling They're to on protect the third Bortles. Left tackle. Right. So if you're struggling to protect Bortles, you've got no hope. And now you're going up against the Texans who, you know, we've been waiting for, let's, you know, football gods, give us one season of J.J. Watt and uh, Clowney together. Well, here, it's happening. Here it is. It's been happening.
2: Yeah. Thank your gods. Thanks, God. You're always asking the football gods. Good job, gods. And and we moan at the football gods, and then they give us what we want, and we don't even say, well, Right. Thank I you. Ju- I'm playing. not sure that's
1: a top everyone's wish list. I have some other wishes from the football gods that have gone
4: unfulfilled the, up to now. <laughs> the Jaguars' defense, uh, yeah. Side sh-
2: the point, Mark. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I'm giving it up. That's why I brought it up. Good. Way to go. No, that was a good job. God. Go.
4: Jacksonville
1: last year generated turnovers.
2: and. Wait, is God and the football gods different people?
1: Very much so. Oh, yeah. yeah. You said
2: G-O-D, which I that's different. I think he kind of – he furries that out yeah. to the FG. This is like a I lower really...
3: umbrella of deities. Yeah. I don't uh, think this is the top thing. Is in this mind. a theology pod? They're both human constructs.
2: Yeah. Read, yeah. I'm kind of with Wes, yeah. Ooh, Are we here? Are we having the conversation? <laughs> Welcome to the theology podcast for the next two hours. We're going to dig into God, real, imagined, where is he, or she...
3: I think Deshaun Watson might suddenly turn into yeah.
2: John McLaughlin. From McLaughlin. <laughs> that
3: was <laughs> Deshaun Watson might have a crisis of faith. No one can keep him clean. No Look one can at that! Him. Nice. He's taken twenty more hits than any other quarterback in the league.
4: And you're starting to see it, see the effect of it, where he's expecting it to come and he's bailing out and just like there, there's very few plays where he just kind of rolls back. And gets rid of the so ball. So now you're gonna
3: go into Jacksonville with Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe and expect the tackles to keep you clean. I'm no. I'm ex- I'm surprised they don't. They're
4: not doing anything with him on the run. And and the Cowboys, for instance, last week started to mix in some plays where they used Prescott's mobility. They've almost overcorrected. I know they don't want it, you know, to expose Deshaun Watson, but he's getting exposed trying to play pocket quarterback. I think they they're. Wasting his gifts by not using them on the same thing
3: as bit. Mariota in the Titans. Mm.
2: All right, let's move on. The Detroit Lions coming off uh, their bye at 2-3. and three. Head to Miami to face the Dolphins. And once again, there will be no Ryan Tannehill. We talked about it a little bit on Wednesday's show. But the shoulder injury, which uh, in a press conference today, Adam Gase said surgery is not on the table at this time for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but that doesn't mean uh, we're going to see Ryan Tannehill anytime soon. In fact, the NFL is digging around to see if the – Uh, Miami Dolphins uh, gave us uh, gave the general public and the the league enough info on this Tannehill injury, so keep an eye on that. But it will be once again, oh yeah, it's Brocktober. Brocktober, everybody, everybody rock in Brock.
1: We just go right to the next game.
3: Thank you, Vince Neal.
1: <laughs> there are people that tweet at us and say occasionally something will happen on the show where either they're on a subway and they look psychotic because they're laughing or they're responding or they simply almost drive their car off like a British highway. That's why this happens.
2: To them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm sweating profusely after that. Wow. <laughs> but I was able you're to a hit performer. the notes because you're a performer. I, I got my health back. No, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have a heart attack. Um.
3: Does that rock the cradle of love?
2: That does have – definitely not, Wes, because that would be be litigious. Anyway, where were we? Oh, Brock Osweiler's starting again. He's feeling good about himself. Do you feel good about him, Greg? I mean, Wes? (laughs) (laughs) This –
3: no, I don't. I don't think I'll ever feel good. I I think Greg's right that there's not much difference in this offense between Osweiler and Tannehill. It's just get the ball into Albert Wilson's and Jakeem Grant's hands and let them do their magic. But this is a sneaky, huge game this week. Whoa, really? Yes. Can you take Bro. either of these teams seriously oh. if they lose? Uh, the loser of this
2: no. game, I can't take them seriously. No, I'm with you. Can you take the winner seriously?
3: <laughs> I mean, at least they have – at least I'm not writing them off.
1: <laughs> well, I would the, take Miami. I, I, I think Miami is probably ultimately an 8-8 eight and eight team. Are I, you going to take them seriously? Then you can't take them Tana seriously. Hill's so, in, no. If
3: Tannehill's injury is – like. No,
1: more, more no, teams. no, no. Although I don't think that Tannehill was a massive game changer for this team, but I, I really like what they did against the Bears last week. That they're a much better team at home. But I don't take them like they're not a five and eleven team to me. They're going to keep no. knocking people off every couple weeks.
4: They're they're the hard. These are two of the hardest teams to figure. Yeah, especially the Dolphins because if you really look at what the you know we if you look at what the Dolphins have done week after week, other than the Patriots game. I, they look like a pretty good team. I mean, they—they they, like they,
3: team that could win or lose every game. Yeah, they—they right.
4: they went up and down the field on the Bears' defense, which we couldn't stop talking about how how great they were. The Lions, I do think, started to get a little more cohesive on offense. Before the bye. I know they didn't put up a lot of yards uh, against the Packers, but they have a, a number one type of receiver in Kenny Galladay. They have Carryon Johnson playing pretty well. I think Stafford might have played his best two games right before the buy. Like they're they're coming up a little
2: bit. Oh, they are. The Dolphins are pulling off a pretty neat trick right now. They're four and two, which is. Six sixty-six winning. That's a seven? neat trick in itself. That and was, yeah. you want so to round up? Go six sixty-seven. Six sixty-seven. Six, six, seven. So they've won you. four of their first six <laughs> games. You're more accurate. And they are the uh, 25th ranked defense and the 27th ranked offense. That's a pretty neat trick. Yeah, but yardage, yardage is is nonsense. Well,
4: me. like
3: like it's I said, right, they, let's
2: get rid of yardage. I'm the 49ers saying,
4: are the thirty nine. They
3: could have easily. Won or lost or every game they played except for the Patriots. They've that, had great. They've it. had
4: great special teams and overall they've had a very good defense, a top ten defense um, by Football
2: Outsiders, and they've made a lot of plays on special teams. That's been a big four play. words. Regression to the mean. <laughs> to coming. the
3: extent that.
2: Uh oh. Ooh. I'm
3: breaking the streak. I'm taking a road game.
2: Oh, You're going to lose this week. That would be breaking I'm the streak. I'm taking a road too.
3: team for the first time all year, and maybe the first time since we've done this. I'm taking the Lions. I'm blocking it up.
2: You okay with that? Yeah, wait I'm go. fine with it. I mean, why would there be any problem why I with that? No, Brock
3: I, I'm exhausted with
4: this. Like, every every well, one of I these locks the has to check out easy. with everyone.
3: I was going to take the yes. Chargers, and I was like, nah, that's too easy. They're so clearly better than the Titans. They're, right?
4: Yeah, they're, they're right at the line. They're
2: at the touchdown favorite line that the rule, the rule where makes. Is it, so. Where are we at on this That that we talk about this because we don't talk about these things?
4: Right. At this point, no one seems to care. You know they talk about it on every other network. We've been talking about it all. think no one's listening to this podcast. Ugh. Come at me, bro. What's the spread oh, of this no, game? Oh, that's a bad Oh, in moment. this game, I don't know. I would guess the Dolphins are one point.
3: Now we're just talking. Now about Greg's Greg. just an
4: odds maker. Greg authoring his
1: own league policy here on the show. All
4: He's
3: got one of those green visors,
2: right in the big glasses like Robert De Niro at the end of Casino. Like the the lenses that are like three inches thick.
1: Uh. Greg, you may find that uh, our employer is not a Vegas, you.
2: by the way, Greg. When you're 75, and uh, pulling Musburger. No, I'm, I'm gonna go. Yeah, like you'll be alone. At, this will be the end of your life, and you'll be <laughs> at a nice condo in San Diego with the big thick glasses and like 11 TVs in your in your living room, and that will be how you live out your days, and you'll be very happy in San Diego. <laughs> Or maybe he's like an East Coast like Foxwoods guy. I'm following the casino template because I recently watched that. That's where De Niro ends up after Vegas mm. kicks him out.
3: Pulling a Paul Brown.
4: I mean, you know, <laughs> by then it'll be legal online everywhere, and you can just go. You can no, on we'll your double phone all the way the back. Stadium. You know, the league office will be like have sponsors <laughs> in it and stuff. Greg's like, let's keep talking about. Think things. we're gonna
3: have televisions when Greg's to 75?
2: <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe. <laughs> Anything else on this game? Oh, so West locked it up. Wes, by the way, 6-0, and oh, which this would be I, – I, I know it from the ATN Lock It Up Twitter handle. The record, I believe, is Mark Sessler uh, had six locks in a row at one point.
1: Last year, I believe it was.
2: So, Wes, if you get your Lions to give you a W, you're alone now in the Now they're my Lions. Yeah, but guess what? I'm going to do that again. Imagine putting it all,
3: all on the line with the Lions.
2: That is – that's ballsy. Let's move on. The Minnesota Vikings, here they come. Three-point favorites, no respect for Brocktober. The lines are. Damn.
1: Brocktober! Yeah!
4: Brocktober! yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna
2: have so much fun with this. <laughs> <laughs> the Vikings three, two, and one. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of hang, hand hand especially uh, from the old Zeuser. I thought that the Vikes were in deep trouble, but two really nice wins in a row here uh, at Philly, and then uh, they took care of business against the Cardinals. Now they head to the Meadowlands to face the Jets, who are playing their best ball of the season. Back-to-back wins. Uh, against the Broncos and Colts, so they end a three-game homestand, as it were, uh, against the Vikings. Big game here, Greg, uh, for both teams. Are the Vikings back on track? Let's start there. Are you all in now on the Vikings again? I never was. I
4: didn't have them in the playoffs for you know going into the season. So they are certainly playing better. I, my question for this game kind of is, are they going to get after Sam Darnold? We saw what Sam Darnold can do when he's protected. He had all day against Indianapolis, and he looked fantastic. Uh, it's making He's making Jets games a lot more fun to watch. And the Vikings, I think, do really miss Everson Griffin. And that hasn't totally showed up yet. They're playing this, this guy Stephen Weatherly basically every snap. They're not rotating like they used to. And I think this is a game where – If they can protect Darnold, and Danielle Hunter's great, but if they can protect Darnold anywhere close to how they did a week ago, they're going to have a shot.
1: Let me ask you one thing, because we just did a heat check on the Dolphins, and the Jets, two wins in a row, a lot of good play from Darnold, a lot of reasons for optimism. You've beaten the Lions, Broncos, and Colts. Is this the kind of game, if you're – going to look at the Jets and say you've got to be super competitive against the Vikings if not pull this off at home for us to buy into you
2: the same way we're asking to buy into Miami or the Lions or one of these other teams? I think so. I don't think right now they should be lumped in with the wild card contenders. Um, Just from what I've seen from them so far, as much as I've enjoyed the last two weeks, I don't think either of those teams are very good. Um, But if they play really well against the Vikings and – and Wes, we talked a little bit about this earlier this week. If Darnold puts together another good performance, uh, this time against a real defense that's getting after him, yes. and all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, this kid—it might have clicked for this kid. Yeah. and he's flying now. Like yep. uh, that can happen with a special rookie quarterback. Uh, then forget about it. I might even be here on Sunday night if the Jets like if the Jets like win thirty to fourteen on on Sunday. I'm going to be so bullish about this team in a wide open AFC. It'll be ridiculous.
1: No, we, you, you'll be very pleasant to do We deal were it. here for, with, no for
4: the, I think, what was it, the 2015 Jets? Yes. Which is, you know, talked about like, you know, it was like the 60, 69 Mets in this They're, honoring that, <laughs> <team> this, <laughs> know, they're yeah. honoring that I mean, team yeah, this they, Sunday. They're honoring that team
2: this Sunday. That's such a spoiled Patriots fan sentiment, by the way. Teams that are bad when we're 10 and 5. <laughs> that's, what I, have, that's a season that we enjoy and we I, look back I on. I get fondly. it. That's my point, yeah. is that you were. Flying. Fitz Magic, baby, before all this Bucks malarkey, Fitz Magic was at the Meadowlands, and it was a lot That's of fun. That's my point, is you were flying that season yes. with
4: that team, and, and if the Jets win this game and you have Sam Darnold, I would expect you to be better. flying even higher.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Are, you, are you giving it the good old litmus test game? This is a litmus test game, yeah, for sure. I think so. It's an LTG. They they miss Everson Griffin, but Daniel Hunter is the only player in the league with a sack in every game. He's already has as many sacks as all of last year. Uh, Might be on your midseason All-Pro team. How about that? Oh, yeah. Anthony Anthony Barr, I thought, had his best game last week. Harrison Smith made some big plays. This is still a good defense, even without Everson Griffin.
2: Vikings are catching the Jets, by the way. I don't think the Jets are going to win. I want the Jets to win, but
1: that but you have to. I, if I were in the same situation, I would not walk around saying I think they're going to win. But you have to be excited. But I do about that the all the time because right. I'm one
2: of those rare Jets optimists, Jets fan optimists. But they are the Vikings are catching the Jets at a very good time. Jets are super banged up, especially at wide receiver, where I don't even know who's playing this week. Almost everyone is uh, questionable or out. And their secondary, uh, they're missing again. Trumaine Johnson. They're missing Buster Screen. Marcus, uh, Marcus May is out. He broke his thumb. So Kirk Cousins, who's had a nice year, I think he's going to throw for a lot of yards, just like Andrew Luck did last week. Uh, it's going to be a tough game for the Jets.
3: Let's throw um, some credit to Mo Claiborne, who's having a great year. So far. he was good last year too. Yeah. a
2: little play, Mo. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Carolina Panthers. Stumbled last week against the Redskins, and now they go uh, to Philly to face the Eagles, who whipped up on the Giants with ease. Uh, Mark Sessler, uh, did the Eagles get their mojo back after that statement win over the Giants? I think so. That game feels like it was
1: five years ago, but it, it's that was one of that was the performance we were waiting for from the offense. The one thing about the Panthers watching that game against the Redskins, where. Washington controlled them in the first half by generating turnovers and shutting down the run. And if you're Carolina and you can't run the ball, I don't see a lot of hope for this offense. And the Eagles have held teams under 80 yards rushing in five of six games. So from that standpoint, your challenge if you're Carolina is to do what no team has really done against the Eagles so far.
3: I think you nailed it. When the Panthers don't run the ball, they're easy to beat. And, and last week, even if they had run the ball – like you said, those turnovers, DJ Moore, you got to keep playing them. But those two lost fumbles were huge. And then that killed him. Busted coverage on Vernis, Vernon Davis twice. The defense, like that's what the problem was.
4: Yeah, for the for the concern that I raised on this show about their defensive tackle position, you said it with their run defense. And they have more quarterback hits on the defensive line than any team in the league. The Panthers have actually done a pretty good job protecting Cam Newton that Tyler, their Bolton,
3: offensive I, line coach is a wizard.
4: Yeah, they always they always manage to figure it out. It, it's not an easy game, but I think for right now, I'm I'm I've said it already that I'm I'm riding the
2: Eagles, you know, until they lose. So I'm just gonna lock it up.
0: Ooh, Ooh look at that!
2: Wait. All right. So then that would mean you'd be locking up next week at Jacksonville. It's in London. Ooh. And then there's a buy.
4: Lock that up. That's what I. like. So then I then I'll probably bye jump week. off and we'll we'll evaluate okay. at that mm. point. Well, I mean, up. I can't lock him up during a week. I think week. it's a good pick. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll lock him up against Jacksonville. I'll lock him up next week. Let's do it. I think the Eagles are to— I gonna... don't care
2: if Carson Wentz, you know,
4: <laughs> leaves the country. If he's abducted with other, by with Chinese militants, you take him. This isn't
2: like a gimme. You're going to lock right now and you can't unlock under any circumstances. I like it. Let's do it. All right. Mark it down. We're going to forget. <laughs> I won't forget. <laughs> pretty easy this is a good pick Greg because I think the Eagles I now I'm starting to really think they're gonna take control of this division win it by a couple games I think they're back to I think it's 11 and 5 team and uh they're gonna pick up wins like this at home you got this one in the back. congratulations I
3: don't think yeah. it's in the bag. I don't I think, think the Panthers the can beat anyone in a
2: yeah. Game. They they
4: have no one's beat. No one's, be, no one's uh, blown out. <laughs> I was out the, doing that for a fact, Panthers. guys. I mean, it was, it was just <laughs> having a little fun, you know. That's all. My bad. No one's blowing out the Panthers. <laughs> they're they're in every. They're one of those. Te- I think they're a playoff type of team too.
2: I agree. I like the Panthers.
4: I have to make one one really quick announcement.
2: Yes.
1: Happy birthday, uh, belated birthday to Cameron Ritchie from Sydney. His girlfriend, Frances dm me quite a while ago asking me to say that and i never did right uh very nice girlfriend work but don't if you if you're listening to this and think that we're Are gonna, you the girlfriend no 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 oh. sydney from oh. or, no sydney, france is from sydney they're from australia
3: what month was his birthday in
1: october but i'm a little late on the on the message but uh, by the way just for other listeners thinking that that's going to happen by contacting us about other birthdays no this is a one-time thing. i was going to say it's a dangerous it's a one-time
4: thing and I promised I would do it, and it's, it's out of the Although way. Although I would say if you were going to target any one of the four, Mark is your best chance. Yes. Do not.
2: <laughs> do not. I mean, without a doubt, if you ever want to reach out truth. and do ha- not. have a more personal connection to our show, without a doubt, the best odds for any type of relationship uh, and I won't get into more details. Do, not, be, even in attempt, odds. do
1: not attempt to... Mark Sessler's Instagram's <laughs> good, yeah. Do not attempt to get your birthday announced on this show <laughs> through this channel at all, what, through this personal was, channel. When was his birthday again? I'd have to look. I believe it was October 8th or so, right early... October! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cameron Ritchie, one-time one time event there.
2: The Cleveland Browns. Oh, the Brownies. Uh, Not looking too good at home last week against the Chargers, but that's in the rearview mirror now. They get to travel to Tampa to face one of the worst defenses in football. In fact, so bad that Mike Smith got the sword in the belly uh, this week, fired as the defensive coordinator. Uh, So here we are, Chris Wessling, the battle of two former number one overall picks, Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston. Let's have some
3: fun. Let's have some fun, and, and we credited Baker Mayfield quite a bit through some verbal bouquets, gave him some cupcakes. This Browns offense isn't doing much lately. I believe at one point they had 16 consecutive drives without a touchdown. They need to get Jarvis Landry more involved. I think the Chargers took away Baker Mayfield's first read quite a bit in that game. Antonio Callaway doesn't catch anything. They've got some issues. They've got
1: they have they're very banged up at wide receiver. I don't like the way – like, it's 10 sacks for Mayfield in the last two games. He's getting hit. He played last game injured, and that injury absolutely affected him. I, I thought no so, doubt.
3: too. I thought, like, right after that, they got back-to-back
2: sacks. Is right he on injury, injury, injury report with that ankle?
1: Uh, I'd have to check that out, but they acknowledged it this week. I This game, to me, and it's going to happen in this awful, awful Tampa sunlight that is unwatchable, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't like doing this, but I am locking up the Bucks. Wow. Oh. I just don't like where Cleveland's roster is right Ooh, now. They're injured mark. on both sides of the ball and mark. the Bucks are a hot mess, but
2: well did this is just a sli- lock up the Bucks against your Browns. Yeah. The Bucks who are in complete disarray right now. You well, did- don't say that it's not gutsy. Hey,
3: when everybody else zigs mark Zag.
2: You are this you win either way. I, good, that that is what I was thinking. Yeah. That's one of your moves. Because
3: I almost went Lions and
4: then I decided no. You're, i, you're I like that you're a fascinating complicated man Mark. i
2: have noticed the days where on Sundays when the browns lose and you lose your lock are very dark days so this ensures that we're all in the clear
1: you can't you can't go wrong i'll be half annoyed
2: unless there's a tie
1: i'll just be half annoyed no i don't do this tie thing if they tie I'm getting the lock wait what,
2: <laughs> what? <laughs> you're locking up a win <laughs> um yeah so if the browns don't move the ball against the bucks though something's very wrong
1: I think they have issues. I mean, yeah. I think the thing is, and like, well, I don't like this thing where, with the rookie quarterbacks in general, it's such a small sample size that we're almost. It's like because th- we forget that Baker Mayfield, who was not perfect in that game, engineered a win against the Ravens. I still
3: love Baker Mayfield.
1: No, I do too. It's, I'm not talking about what you said. It's just I feel on Twitter, even it's just like, oh, we're out, we're, we're done with Baker Mayfield, on to person X, and it's like. I wouldn't trade,
4: I wouldn't remove Baker Mayfield from this situation for forty-five million dollars. I mean, they're putting, they're putting up, they're <laughs> gonna put up yards, they're gonna put up some points against Tampa. There's if we just,
3: offered you forty-five million dollars, you would.
1: I'm just saying, I wouldn't trade Baker Mayfield for any quarterback in football. I think he's a perfect fit for the Browns, and I'm riding with him until the end. I don't care where that team is on a week-to-week
4: basis under Hugh Jackson in 2018. I love it. Buck, Bucks got to get this win at home. They're lost three in a row. The timing was off with Jameis Winston a little bit last week, even though he ended up putting up a lot of numbers. But this isn't a team I've totally given up on yet anyways because I I feel like a passing game that can put up that much – Yardage week after week is going to have a shot. Yeah, they can't stay this bad on defense. There's no reason they should be this bad. They have players. Like, remember they signed Vinnie Curry? Maybe that was a terrible signing. Jason Pierre Paul. Jason Pierre Paul's played fine. He hasn't been the problem. But Levante hasn't Diaz. Quan Alexander. Brent Grimes is definitely struggling. I mean, the whole secondary is, is their, the source of their problems.
2: Moving on, the New Orleans Saints coming off there by 4 and 1, scoring a ton of points their last three weeks 43, 33, and 43. Uh, now here's a challenge. They're facing the Ravens, NFL's best defense this season, uh, coming off that 21 nothing record-breaking shutout of the Titans when they set a team record in sacks. Uh, so here is a great offense versus defense battle, Greg. And you, uh, just on yesterday's show, had a whole spiel about how <laughs> good offense beats good defense every day in the modern NFL. So obviously this game will not be a contest.
4: In Baltimore, it should be. Why not? I mean, I'm talking about over the long run. Of course, some games defenses you said are it. gonna win, <laughs> but yes, over the long run, yeah, I don't think the Ra- I don't think the Ravens are gonna. Don't be bring able... it home and
2: away. Now you said it. You put a blanket on it.
4: I I didn't say every single game that a defense is not gonna. <laughs> I a know. Good defense is gonna Just win. Just having fun.
2: But That's what I do. The
4: Drew Brees is not the same away from New Orleans. The stats say it's just its just a fact that the Saints' offense hasn't been the same. Uh, his worst statistical game this year probably was against the Giants, a game I thought he played well that the stats didn't really show it. They only have four games outside this year. They want to make a situation where they're playing indoors uh, throughout the playoffs, and to do that you got to win games like this against the best pass defense in the league. But, yeah, that's why I don't really think the Ravens can win a Super Bowl, Dan, with, with this offense. Yeah. I don't think they can.
3: I think your theory applies to the Ravens more than any other team. I want to find out if this team is a flat-track bully, as the cricket cricketers say. They All last year we talked about they would murder any backup quarterback who came in there or a, an offense that wasn't working. They would they win 40 to nothing. And you know they beat the struggling Titans, they beat the Browns. Can you beat the Saints? I mean, this is a, this is a franchise quarterback. This is a good offense. Let's see. What it, the they've gotten
4: to. a lot of their pressure through, you know, blitzes, and they have just such an array of like ways they can attack you. And this is such a good Saints offensive line. I mean, it's just like an amazing football porn matchup
2: when that is happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gross. Um, this from the research notes uh, to give a little context: how great the Ravens have been. At home, they're averaging six and a half fewer points per game, almost 72 yards less at home. Have not allowed a passing TD at home this season. The only team in the NFL. And opposing QBs are under 50 passer rating. And Drew Brees, not that this matters as much, but the only team that he's never beaten in his career, the Ravens, 0-4 in his long, illustrious career. The one thing in
1: in Baltimore's long, historic DNA is that that's one Super Bowl team that did win with a absolutely zero offense where they went through that playoff run by generating turnovers and points on defense. I I think your point in 2000, your point is that literally 2000 would not happen
4: now. That was an aberration. That's what you're saying. I agree with your point. Right. I mean, it's fun. It's ironic. The one Ravens team to get it done since then had a lousy defense for the Mm -hmm. most part. It wasn't really, wasn't really their year.
2: All right, here's an NFC West battle that looked really good on paper uh, in the summer, not so much now. The 6-0 and uh, Los Angeles Rams doing exactly what people thought they would this year, which is winning a lot, scoring a lot. Uh, held off Denver last week, and now they travel to San Francisco to face uh, the Niners, who really, uh, Mark, put up in a very nice fight on Monday night in Green Bay. So they're fighting hard. We talked about it. We like their coaching staff. Uh, C.J. Beathard has a little bit more than and maybe people gave him credit for going for him, but still a very tough matchup here at home against the Rams.
1: Yeah, this is this is my favorite coaching matchup of the entire season so far, and it's it's easy I think for 49ers they, they would have 49ers fans would have accepted to some degree if this team completely just went to sleep and waited until until next year, but I look at what uh, Kyle Shanahan has done with with very little, and it, to me it's almost as impressive as what Sean McVay has done with a lot. I just think that this is going to be one of these matchups that every single year is going to be one of the most fascinating showdowns. And I, I where I would want to not watch the 49ers again, potentially, what they did on Monday night completely changes what, what I think about them. Everywhere Shanahan goes, he, he dials us some of the best rushing attacks in the league. He maximizes players, and he's doing the same with C.J. Beathard, who I totally wrote off the minute Jimmy G went down. I was totally wrong.
4: Their their defense is terrible, though. I it mean, is. I'm not saying got, that. I'm not saying they're going to win this game. Forty burger
2: written all over it. For the yeah, yeah, that's. But I mean, the that's thing
1: a, is, I thought that the, I thought the Packers were going to go destroy them too. And it's just that they find true. they find a way to hang in these games. This is not the one I'm pointing to. I just do think that Shanahan is the one one of the more fascinating coaches I, in the league.
4: He he is, and and I hope they can figure out their roster because some of the pieces that you're thinking are going to be building blocks. They talked up Solomon uh, Thomas. Yeah. Solomon Thomas was benched last week, essentially for, for kind of think a think of
3: all the superstars. They passed up to draft him,
4: right? That and was, and he the, doesn't
3: sack quarterback. That
4: was at the top of a, a great draft. Akela Weatherspoon was a guy they talked about as like their next shutdown corner. He was benched last week. Richard Sherman's played great. Actually. He's been a terrific signing. It's, it's the rest of these young guys that a lot of whom Lynch has drafted that have struggled
2: moving on the Dallas Cowboys. Three and three, coming off their best game of the year, they embarrassed the Jaguars, forty to seven in Jera World. Now travel to D.C., a great old rivalry with the Redskins, who are coming off a big win over uh, the Panthers. Uh, West, this is a battle for first place in the NFC East.
3: Ow! I deemed this one the um, least likely to be locked up. I don't. Th- I don't think anybody could tell you which team is better. They both want to play the same style. They both want to take the early lead control the ball, and then let their defense shut people down. I think that's, to me, whichever team jumps out in front has to be the favorite here. But I did
1: initially have this on my piece of paper.
3: Wow. Lock the
1: Cowboys, but something steered me away from that. Perhaps To, to, to your theory, the to least your credit.
2: The power of locked. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To me, this yes. feels like
3: the, the <laughs> most even matchup of the week, and it's two teams that want to play the same style.
2: Coin flip game.
3: Coin flip game? Well, we, I want to
4: see if the Cowboys, what they did last week, has some staying power. It was so out of the blue. They adapted a lot of the style that the Chiefs played with the week before against Jacksonville. I mean, it, it worked for the Chiefs, and the Cowboys were like, hey, let's just copy and do a lot of that stuff. Let's get Dak Prescott on the move. And suddenly they looked like a totally different offense. But they I told not have
3: Tyreek Hill.
4: Right. No, I know they, they don't have, have that, Kelsey. but maybe the offensive line's been playing better. They did. I told them, choose some receivers. They chose their receivers. Malcolm, Gallup played the whole game. Beasley played more snaps and got a ton of targets. Alan Hearns played the whole game, didn't do much, but at least they cho- they chose the receivers. And I will Tavon say, Tavon Austin's injury might help them out. Might be a little, might be a little help there. Adrian Peterson has continued to look very
1: good week after week. But when I watch this Redskins, like again in that Panthers game, it just feels like a team that is overly reliant on their running back and their two tight ends, and there's not much else happening with this offense at all. And Alex Smith is getting killed on occasion.
3: Josh doxson has been a bust.
2: Alex Smith has essentially reverted to his pre-Chiefs. He's got to watch the Chiefs' offense
1: and be so jealous at this point.
3: And it's, yes.
2: it's got to be uh, frustrating for the Redskins, who gave that guy a lot of money, the the fear that maybe he's just going to be this guy unless you get better weapons around him. Uh, so this is going to be a good test, though, for Smith, who really needs a good game, but he's against a pretty good Cowboy defense. I'm going with Dallas there. Let's yeah, pick I, this game. If we're going to coin flip, but let's pick it. Some-
3: I almost locked the Cowboys, so I'm going to go Dallas. I'm going Redskins. I don't expect the Cowboys to do on mm. the road exactly what they did at home.
4: I'm going to go Cowboys. I don't know why it is, but for some reason, David Irving seems like their Jenga piece. It's like whenever they have David Irving playing, they are a different team. He's good.
2: Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals, oh, came so close to a huge defining win over the Steelers that would have had them at 5-1 and and alone at the top of the AFC North. Said they get beat in the last seconds, and now they have to hit the road to face the Chiefs. And one thing that... um, Uh, has kind of been lost a little bit in this incredible Chiefs start, and yes, they got beat by the Pats 43-40 on Sunday, but still a lot to be excited about, is that in their 5-1 start, four of their first six games have been on the road. So now they're going to start playing, stacking up some games at home, starting with the Bengals. Seems like a really good spot for them, uh, Greg Rosenthal.
4: It does, just because I think they have as good a home field advantage as any team in the league, and I I think the only way that you're going to disrupt the Chiefs is with a pass rush and the Bengals have been a little disappointing defensively overall and certainly with the pass rush, which doesn't really make sense because Geno Atkins is amazing and Carlos, Carlos Dunlop's Dunlop. had a good year. But if you just look at the numbers, like no one else is doing anything. And I think it's I think the Patriots I don't know if it was a blueprint, but I think they showed you can't just line up and play the Chiefs. You gotta throw you gotta throw some junk at them. Throw you know, throw some spitters, you know? Do some cheating. Rub that baseball
2: up. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I guess I do. So Patriots (laughs) cheated to beat that The Chiefs. Okay, I'm with you on that. I'll follow along. There's (laughs) your headline.
4: I'm just saying you can't line up, and that's kind of what the Bengals do. You know, they they're a pretty basic vanilla defense. What do you want them to do when you say that? A little more
2: explanation.
4: Like trick plays? And- I think they missed Paul Gunther, who was their coach uh, a year ago. It's kind of a vanilla zone scheme where they have a very good secondary who is underperforming, and I think it's because they're putting them in, in bad positions. Well, their pass rush was the difference when they beat
1: Miami, but it's not been there every week, and neither is the run-stopping ability.
3: I I could not look myself in the mirror in this game. I wanted to pick the Chiefs, and I just when I thought about it, I just can't picture the Bengals winning in Kansas City and I think the Chiefs are going to pick on their coverage. I think, especially with Nick Vigil out, who's the linebacker from the, from the Bengals who's going to hang with your Tyreek Hills or, or Travis Kelsey or Kareem Hunt in coverage?
2: Well, Va- Vontaze Berwick's going to try to maim someone probably. He'll use, like, that green that dust counts. that
4: wrestler had. What was I noticed he didn't mention dust? Sammy Watkins, though. Like, you mean, sit, sit you mean me.
2: Arrogance, Rick the Model Martel's No, it was uh, like some <laughs>
1: sort of uh, more bizarre figure who would like – maybe it was Adrian Adonis or something. He would like – he would had that little wind thing and he would shoot green dust out of it in the eyes while the ref wasn't looking.
2: Adonis a little before my time, but uh, Rick Martel had a cologne called Arrogance, which is perfect for his character, and he'd spray it in his opponent's face and he'd say, you people have no class, he would say to the audience. <laughs> Good for him. What?
3: Is he the son <laughs> of Dirty Dick Martel?
2: Maybe. It is a kind of familiar type of um, mm-hmm. world, professional wrestling. I'm going to look that up. Nepotism. For <laughs> Any other thoughts on this game, gentlemen?
3: Um, No. That I, I just couldn't look myself in the mirror and, and pick the, the Chiefs. I, think, I get it. I they're think in it, a good spot here. I, I think the Bengals are a borderline playoff team, but mm. I don't think they're in the Chiefs' league. Not yeah, that was not in oh, Kansas. That was a City. big
4: loss last week for Cincinnati. I, I was going to mention how like West didn't mention Sammy Watkins as one of those weapons.
3: Well, he's not going to be matched up on a linebacker, ever, right? And, that's why I didn't mention. But he also,
4: yeah, you know, they've gotten him in a couple run after catch situations, but it's like he's not producing anything. You almost forget he's he, on this team sometimes. He's, he's getting paid seventeen million dollars. Sammy Watkins has done, uh, has made more money, I would say. And kind of more hype for less production. Mm. Um, well, Sam Bradford. Than then a, a lot of wide receivers I can think of this oh. thing. He's a good player.
3: How much is Tyreek Hill going to want if. if
4: right, that's what I mean. But he's on pace for like 600 yards. I'm saying for $17 million, you would have thought he would have been a bigger part he's of moving this offense. Well.
2: Yeah. Basically, when they have to give Tyreek Hill like an Odell level contract. They'll immediately cut Sammy Watkins or trade him when they have the ability to do so without I, killing himself. I don't think I'm you're
3: actually. wrong. No, I, it sounds I think sounds about right. Exactly. Four teams in four years. <laughs> By the way,
2: Rick Martell, uh, not related to that guy, whoever you mentioned. Who was it?
3: Dirty Dick Martell.
2: Yeah, no, his uh, no different last name actually. It's a stage name for Rick. <laughs> Finally, uh, the New York Giants, also known as Who's Human? Stink. They're one in five. <laughs> Uh, outclassed by the Eagles last week. And now they're uh, heading to uh, Atlanta to face the Falcons, who uh, got a win over Tampa Bay, 34-29. A narrow victory came uh, really down to a Deshaun Watson, uh, Deshaun Jackson unable to scoop up a loose ball that would have won the game for the Bucks, But the Falcons survive. They're still Hanging around at 2-4, and four, Mark. Uh, but they got to take care of business against the Giants. The Giants, as bad as the Falcons' defense is, they might have finally found an offense that's not going to shred them. This is
1: one of the more depressing Monday night football matchups of my adulthood. And here are four things that I'm going to do instead of watching this game. <laughs> that was bad. This is up there. Four things that I'm going to do instead of watching this. Okay. I'm not even going to re-watch this. Okay. Ever. How are you going to talk about it on our Twitter I am show, not going to talk Tuesday. about it. You'll be silent or I that. will not say a you're, word you're, unless I change my mind. <laughs> Here are four things I will do. I feel like that's what's going to throw happen. throw down the gauntlet. I am going to take out a bunch of math books from the Culver City Library on Monday afternoon and relearn the concept of rise over run, which I somewhat remember from high school. Huh. I'm going to take a fleet of hallucinogenics and wander around my backyard in winter clothing. Way more believable. So normal. That feels. You're going to do drugs. That feels real. Okay. Go on a wine tour with Gwyneth Paltrow and that
4: person, Apple. I don't know. That's a good idea. That's going to happen after you take the drugs.
1: Yes, it would
2: also be kidnapping in
4: your own mind. I, I mean.
1: think I'd rather watch the Giants. <laughs> this one feels possible. Attend a rave in downtown Los Angeles and maybe not get back in time for Tuesday's Twitter show.
2: You have connected with me multiple times about the idea of doing that, and I'm always kind of like, "Yeah, that's a good idea." And then here we are, getting older and older.
1: I'm totally gonna go. <laughs> I mean, not maybe not Monday night, but at some point. What are you to do? Old is Just a like state
2: of mind. Google rave
1: in downtown. Uh, there are a couple websites that we've actually looked at. Dan. You can't yeah.
2: use a website, guys.
1: See, I just ask Eric where There you go. go.
2: I just we get to a point where it's like everyone's gonna think we're cops, and, you know. That's the thing I. Worry I about. I'm thing maybe I don't more I don't
1: care at all what anyone thinks about what I'm doing at all if I'm in a rave. I will not care. I think that's the proper rave attitude.
2: I know that's why maybe I don't fit in, <laughs> but I really do want to go. with that. I'm concerned because you
1: fit in like a year ago, and you you now you now are showing. I'll go with you,
2: Mark. Get older.
4: You want oh, to go Monday night? Used go to some used to go to some raves with my brother up in Montreal. I mean. In- <laughs> Some raves in New Orleans, let's like this kind of party do it.
2: you're not going.
4: I would do it. I would do it. if nothing else would be good for the podcast. It'd be a great story. be great. uh was is that your
2: list? That was all four? Uh, yes, oh okay, cool. um so that's it. We will be back on Sunday recapping all the games that we just previewed. So- I like that the fact that
4: mark um isn't gonna
2: watch it then preclude it even just talking about the game whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We'll I think ta- I did us all a favor. We will be talking about it in depth on the Tuesday Twitter show if you if you care to check that out. And I don't know if that's selling the show, uh, but we will be. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back on Sunday night with our recap pod. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, this is Dan Hanza signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. She's the one who knows where to go. Tell Sunday night.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring.